Okay, we're back with another episode, and today I'm going to hit you with some unseasoned, raw character development. That's right. Today, we're going to talk about the meaning of humility. What does it mean to be humble, to have humbleness of mind? So this is one of those words that get, it gets misconstrued a lot. And to really understand what something is, as you heard me say before, you have to understand what it's not. Okay. So humility, let's just go ahead and define this humility in simplest terms is not thinking more highly than you ought to about yourself. It means to have an accurate, honest view of who you are and where you stand. That's humility. Humility is honest. It sees oneself correctly. So with that comes a bigger issue. If you don't see yourself correctly, well, what could be the result? You can think too low of yourself, which is low self-esteem, or on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can think too highly of yourself, which is arrogance. And some other words I'm going to begin, I'm going to begin to outline here in a moment. So dealing with this idea of humility, sometimes people think humility is the opposite of confident. So if you're confident, then you're not humble. You couldn't be more wrong. Humility is not the opposite of confidence. Confidence is feeling sure of yourself. It's being sure of your efficacy, meaning who you are, what you can do. It's a sureness. It's a self-awareness that says, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And I will demonstrate it. It is consistently intrinsically accurate. That's what it means to be confident in yourself. Hey, this is what I think. I know this is right. You'll plainly see this is right and is correct. Using an example, or I can do this. Let me do it right now. There you go. I have done it. Oh, I know this to be true. This is why it's true. Now you can see why everything lines up. This is accurate. And then you demonstrate or you portray yourself in a way that's congruent to whatever it is you're saying. That's a confident person. That's a person who shows himself as a very confident person. There's an action aspect to it, and there's a disposition aspect to it. The action aspect is what you're doing or what you're saying. The disposition is how you come off. The two agree. That's confidence. That's not the opposite of humility. You know why? Because a confident person, as I said before, someone who knows what they can do, they're also aware of what they cannot do. As I said before, it's self-aware. So if a person is self-aware, that means that they're going to know what they are good at and what they're not good at. They're going to know their strengths and their weaknesses, you see, and that awareness that you can't be great at everything, that you're going to have deficiencies and efficiencies, that your, that your performance will fluctuate, that creates humility. Therefore, a confident person is also humble. They work together. Confidence and humility hold hand in hand. A confident person, you will see that they are humble as well. So it's not the opposite. And therefore, the reverse is true. A humble person will display confidence. These words are not opposite. If you thought they were, they thought they are, we just learned something today. They are not. They work together. So that's what it means to have a humble mind. Don't think too highly of yourself, you see, but be confident and know what you, who you are and what you are good at. And don't be ashamed or afraid to display it, you see. And that's where people get confidence misconstrued. If someone comes off in a way that's very sure, they want to say, oh, my gosh, that person is just so conceited or this and that, this and that. No. But remember, 
Confidence is merely being sure about something. Hey, this is what it is. This is who I am. This is what I can do. This is what's going on. This is what I'm seeing. They're sure about what it is they're trying to articulate or convey. That is a good thing. And built within that is humility. Hey, you know what? That's not for me. Uh, you know what? I'm still learning that. I'm still building in that. I'm still growing in that respect. You want to have both. Now, earlier I said that I'm going to outline some words that help clarify what humility really is. So you got to understand what humility is the opposite of. And now I'm going to detail some things that it's not congruent with. You just learned just now that humility works together with confidence. But there's some other outliers out there, some other adverse words where this is not congruent with humility, nor is it even congruent with confidence. These are things I'm going to narrow this down to three words, vanity, conceit and arrogance. Now, we often use these words interchangeably, but by definition, they are different and they manifest themselves different in a person's character and also how they deal with others. OK, so let's start with vanity. What does vanity mean? So in a general sense, it means something that's worthless, something that has no purpose, is not beneficial, it's vanity. But the word vanity here, as we're using, we're using it on a more interpersonal basis in terms of when a person is said to be a very vain person, we're gonna, it's more intrinsic in, in this sense. So there's a nuance here that I wanna highlight. So when we say, hey, that's a very vain person, this is a person who could be self-absorbed or be preoccupied with themselves, either with what they have going on for themselves, their looks, their endeavors, whatever. It's an over-preoccupation, which leads to being worthless. What do I mean? Here's some context. Someone, let's say, for example, who is so absorbed with, let's say, their goal or their mission, they think that everybody has to support them and whoever doesn't must be hating on them or doesn't believe in them. Well, that's vanity because we know that level of uh, of self-belief is worthless because it's producing worthless thoughts. These things aren't even true. Now, lies are now in their mind because they think everybody's an enemy. If someone doesn't give them a compliment or tell them how great they are or reinforce or somehow validate their project or whatever they have going on, all of a sudden, well, you know what? All you are my enemies. Is that true? Well, no, it's absolutely not. So we're saying that that type of that type of demeanor, that type of self-thought life is vanity. It's worthless to think like that. So someone like that is considered very vain. It's not beneficial at all to begin to essentially make everything and everything about life revolve around you in a way where now you're somehow discounting anything that doesn't agree with it. It's a very vain way of thinking. It's a vain way of life. It's a vain way of thinking about yourself. It's vanity. Nothing good will come out of that. So that's what it means to be a very vain person. Vain people tend to be very self-absorbed. Now, to the other outline, but I just want to just describe how it manifests in this particular word. That's vanity, you see. Or you can say someone who is preoccupied with their looks. Now, all of us should be concerned with how we look to a degree because our physical bodies matter. We should hold it, you know, in, in esteem, right? You have teeth, go to the dentist, right? You have hair, take care of it. You know, uh, you know, you wash your body. Why do you do these things? Because you care about your physical body. That's normal. Or you check, hey, let me see how I'm looking. Okay, I look good. There's a normalcy within that. But then there's more of an exaggerated behavior within that where someone is preoccupied with the looks. They're constantly worried about their looks, trying to look better every single moment, concerned if one thing's not right, oh my gosh, it must be a travesty. You see, 
going too far and too extreme to maintain their looks. You know, whether it's someone who does extreme forms of surgery and body augmentation, you see, that's a preoccupation with your looks that now has become unhealthy. That is also vanity. Vanity can manifest itself in that regard, you see. So it's a balance. You know, there are boundaries. Once you go too far, you stepped over into another category. If so, these words wouldn't exist, you see. So that's what vanity is all about. Essentially, it's having a mindset that produces worthlessness. That's the kind of orbit that vanity tends to gravitate towards worthlessness. It's worthless to be that preoccupied with your looks to the point where it's detrimental to your self-esteem and affects how you relate to everybody or affects how you judge people. You're constantly looking at the physical and not looking at what matters more, which is character. You see, that's vanity. So someone who behaves in that manner is said to be a very vain person. So you don't want to be that. That's one pillar. Now let's move over to the next pillar, conceit or someone who's conceited. To be conceited means to have an exaggerated opinion about yourself or one's own abilities. It's exaggerated. So oftentimes someone who's conceited, there is some truth to the belief system. Why? Because it's predicated on something they possibly have going for them, something they can do or have done. You see, there is an element of truth because it's coming from somewhere. But here's the thing. As I said, there are boundaries. There's now an exaggerated opinion. There's an exaggerated estimation of that particular thing they feel like they have they possess. And what happens is now they've overestimated it. They've overestimated it as, its importance. They've overestimated how other people might feel or see it. They overestimated the amount of success it might give them. That's an exaggerated you know, opinion. That means to be conceited. All right. So here, here's what it gets a little tricky. Sometimes confidence can look like conceit. Why do I say that? Let's take a professional athlete, for example, of any sport, you know, we'll take, um, let's say Conor McGregor. You know, if you don't know who he is, he's a very well-known UFC fighter, had a lot of success. He did a lot of exploits. I'll use other, uh, you know, we can use other, um, athletes, but kind of just listen to what I'm saying and you can apply it to whatever athlete that comes to mind, okay? So this UFC fighter, he came in, I'm saying he said he's going to whoop everybody. He has a certain weight class, right? So he's a certain fighting style. He's going against everybody in his weight class. He's saying, I will beat every single person. He said this out loud. He didn't care what anybody thought. He says, I'm the best. I'm going to win. And guess what? He did that. Most people would say, oh my gosh, he's so conceited. Well, take it back. Take a step back for a second. Conceit means to have an exaggerated opinion about yourself. Therefore, if you say you're going to do something, even if it's a very rare feat or very difficult and you do it, by definition, that's not being conceited. Conceited is an exaggerated opinion. If someone actually did what they said they were able to do, they weren't conceited. They actually told the truth. You see what I'm saying? If he went in there and he started losing to everyone, then yeah, you thought you were a lot better than you are. Now you're getting humbled. <laughs> that would be a conceited person. So if someone says, you know what, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to be an NBA champion, we're going to beat these guys in seven games. They have no chance. We'll beat them. We'll, we'll get the best of seven, four games, close them out. The game is over and they go and do it. Was that conceited? Not at all. They knew what they were capable of. They were confident to go ahead and say and do it. As I said earlier, what does confidence do? It's not ashamed of talking about what it's able to do. That's a good thing. That is not conceited. That was actually being confident. The issue here, here's what it gets, here's what it gets kind of interesting. The issue here is how a person comes off. That's what throws us off and makes us feel as though they're being conceited when really that's not conceit. When someone comes off like, wow, he didn't have to say or he or she didn't have to say it like that. Or they don't have to come off like that. They don't have to make everybody, you know, feel like they're just nothing. 
that ties me over to the next pillar, arrogance. Okay. Sometimes a confident person may come off arrogant. What does it mean to be arrogant? Arrogant is, is being so convinced or overly convinced of your superiority or your skill. You begin to treat people as if they're beneath you. That's what sometimes people are picking up on. They call it a conceit. It wasn't conceit. They can come off very arrogant. That would be a good argument for the USC fighter. I just mentioned Conor McGregor. He was conceited, but he was arrogant. He was so good. He was so aware of it to the point where he did treat people as if they were beneath him. And he disrespected his enemy in ways you should never do. He, and so a lot of times, if you guys are familiar, that is with, uh, you know, especially combat sports, there's a trash talk element. It adds marketing to the fight, gets people excited. And so that's part of the game. You know, you kind of attack, you attack the guy, you talk about his weaknesses, say the things you're going to do, but you can go too far. And Conor McGregor is such a man where he went too far. He said things about his opponents you shouldn't say. He came at them and approached them in ways you shouldn't really do. He's a very arrogant guy. So that's the issue sometimes I think we see sometimes. We misconstrue as conceit when we see a confident person saying, hey, I'm going to do this. I know I can do it. Watch me. You see, but they become arrogant. Some people are so convinced, so aware of the fact that they genuinely are more advanced than someone in something. They start to think everybody else is beneath them and value and operation and importance. That should never be the case. That's arrogance. Your, your nose is in the air and no one can ever ascend or talk to you to the point where, you know, you essentially can mistreat others. But if they do it to you, you're ready to blast them. See, that's the that's the that's the mark of an arrogant person. They can dish out disrespect and think it's okay, but if it comes back at them, you've broken every moral boundary under the law. They will come at you as if you are you're a demon. Like, how dare you do that? Well, hold on. You just did it to them. You see? And that's the that's kind of the look for that. That's kind of the mental symptom of arrogance. You see, they're blind to how they're treating others, and they think that's okay, but when it comes back at them, when they receive that smoke, it's a travesty. You see, the whole world is going to, and how dare you do that to me? Well, hold on. You just did it to somebody else. All right? So that's arrogance. So to kind of reiterate, vanity is worthlessness. Worthless thoughts about yourself, worthless thoughts about a particular thing to the point where it creates it creates. Uh, um, essentially avoid, avoid of good behavior where everything you do is just not beneficial. That's vanity. Preoccupied with yourself, self-absorbed, conceit and exaggerated opinion of something you can do. You can actually do that thing, but you thought it more of it than you ought to. That's conceit. You see, or in other words, it could be something that you think you can do, but you weren't so good at it or think you have. You don't really possess on that level, but you exaggerated it. And now you come to find out it's not quite what you measured up to be. And then the third uh, pillar, arrogance, thinking so highly of yourself that you treat others as if they're beneath you. That's a arrogant person. Each one is fundamentally different, but I want to highlight these words so you can understand and then relate that back to humility and confidence and see we're not dealing with the same thing. Humility and confidence is nowhere associated with vanity, conceit, and arrogance. The latter three is the things you want to stay away from. Those things are all toxic, but confidence you want to have, humility you want to have. Why? Because they're both self-aware and they both know its place. They know when to increase. They know when to decrease. They know when to shine. They know when to withhold. They, want, they know when to speak, when to hold back. It's a very, 
It's a very self-validating and very cohesive partnership. Confidence and humility work together. You want to have both of those. They are not the opposite. A humble person can be confident. A confident person can be humble. They're both in partnership. That's how you want to build your character around those two. Let them shake hands in your mind and in your heart. That's how you want to be. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Understand the difference in how these things come about. It's important. And they have scriptural significance. If you read Proverbs, it says that the Lord hates a, a proud look. You see, an arrogant, conceited, vain disposition. It's not good. It triggers bad things in your life. Think about times where you encounter people like that or you behave like that yourself. And look what happened. On some level, something ended up moving against you. You end up getting corrected in some way. And that's the thing about having a bad attitude in any way, but specifically to the things I'm talking about right now. If you don't correct this about yourself, life will. You will get dealt a slice of humble pie you will not forget. You don't want to learn the hard way. Life, life is not designed. You don't have to learn every single thing the hard way. Things can be learned by observation, by reading, and by self-examination. You do not always have to put yourself in a tough spot or hit your head against a wall to know something's wrong. That's what the Bible calls a foolish person. Foolish people repeat the same mistakes over and over again, and after gargantuous amounts of suffering, and setbacks, they finally want to get it right. When they could have got it right after the first or second time, that's being foolish. Just as Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It won't happen. Either you make the change or history will repeat itself. Which is why I always encourage people, if there's an issue, the first place you check is internally. We're gonna, we'll get to the external, but make sure that thing, this, this, this phenomenon that keeps happening, make sure it's not coming from within. That's why it says in Proverbs that uh, we live from the inside out. For as a person thinks, so they are. Whatever you're believing about yourself, whatever you're reinforcing about yourself, that thing's going to come out, positive or negative. We live from the inside out. So if there's an issue, the first place you should always check internally. Am I doing something wrong? Did I trigger this? Did I instigate this? Is there something I could have done differently? Examine yourself first and then start looking for the external. Start saying, oh. Okay, I know where this came from. Uh, all right, now I can have, I can deduce this thing back to its original source, the lowest denominator. I can follow this thing right on down to, ah, there's a culprit. You see, always start with the self and then work your way outwards. That's how you want to move, okay? So think about these words in context. Think about different ways that you can use it to kind of evaluate yourself. Once again, not from a place of condemnation, we all make mistakes, but from, from, a, from a place of positivity, a place from self-improvement. Hey, where can I be better? Do I need to think about myself more accurately here? Do I think of myself more lower, more higher in this regard? Have I ever displayed moments of vanity, conceit, or arrogance? How can I improve upon that? Because as you improve upon these areas in yourself, your relationships will get a lot better. Because as I said before, we live from the inside out. So if you tweak those knobs, if you tweak those inward levers and get yourself accurate, you will relate to other people differently. And guess what else? You also begin to see people differently. A lot of times, I would say most of the times, all the time, how we see others is a reflection of our own inner world. So you'll notice as you're making the inward work, as you're doing those inward adjustments, people around you will start to look different in a positive or negative way. Why? Because your lens is changing. Your resolution is tweaking. So now when you look around to the real world, wow, this looks a lot different. 
last month, last year, I would have thought a lot differently. Now I'm re-examining this. It's not quite what it seemed before. And as I said, positive or negative. Certain things you thought were negative can turn out to be very good. Certain things you thought were very good can turn out to be not so good. You'll notice both because now you're tweaking things. You're getting things in order. You see, you're improving your eyesight. And if you listen to season one, I talked about the monk mode. This is part of the, the benefits, the ways you'll advance as part of monk mode. Your thinking will get better. You see? So that's the kind of character development landscape in terms of words we want to be mindful of, dispositions we want to be mindful of, attitudes we want to be mindful of. You want to be a person of humility. Hey. I don't think more highly myself than I ought to think. I have an accurate view of where I stand. I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. The things I do well, I will continue to do them well and get better. The things I'm not so good at, I'll work to improve it. And on the other hand, the things I don't want to step into, the vices I never want to make, make part of my character, I will not be a vain person. I will not be conceited. I will not be arrogant. Stay far away from that. Let him or her who thinks he stands take heed lest he or she fall. Always remember, before a great fall, there was a prideful heart. And destruction will always follow arrogance. Every single time. It's a law. So as you move through life, as things get better for you, whether you increase in your financial uh, wealth, where your assets or whatnot, as you increase in your relationships, as you increase in your success, your skills, your abilities, as you advance and increase, be sure to increase in meekness as well, because you will need it. Both must go up accordingly. You get that title, you get that humility scaling right along with it. The virtues should always scale right along with it. Meekness, goodness, faith, self-control, kindness, the fruit as described in Galatians of the spirit should increase as you increase or progress in this life proportionally. They work together. You don't want to leave behind the character and get things and stuff and titles. It will destroy you. It will bring you right on down. It's a black hole. Don't learn that lesson the hard way. Learn that one through observation or learn through reading or listening like to what I'm saying right now. So take this one in, take this one in. Listen to it again. As I always say, when you repeat something, it gets deep down inside you to get deep down inside your spirit. And then right there, it begins to breed. And you see, it'll breed something new on you and you'll see that jump. That's all I have for you. That's your lesson on humility. Let's stay humble. I'm out.